This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Eating processed food for every meal isn't healthy for people or for dogs. We all know that. And kibble is subject to multiple rounds of high heat processing, making an ultra processed food. The farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. My dog, Barnaby, loves the farmer's dogs. When he sees me pulling one of those packets out, he comes running. It's personalized, vet-developed, and it has recipes for as little as $2 a day. Meals arrive in pre-portion, ready-to-serve packs, and they're conveniently delivered on whatever schedule works for me. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. Hello and welcome to Happier. This week, we'll talk about why you should choose an office TV show and the question of whether you prefer to savor or spree. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, my happiness guinea pig, or viewed another way, innocent bystander. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft. I'm a writer and producer living in LA. And Gretchen, I want to give one brief update. Having listened to our very special episode 20, uh, which was all about hearing from our listeners, I thought I came off sounding a little bit harsh about Adam and him being what I termed overprotective of Jack uh, when I was talking about letting Jack um, stay at his grandparents. Uh So I just want to um, refine that and say he's protective. He's not overprotective. And he's he's just such a good dad in every way. Um, And I adore him. And I will say he has not heard the episode. So this does not come (laughs) from him saying anything to me about it. He has no clue. But um, I just wanted to amend that. Right. You just felt a little bad about it after uh, after you heard the episode. I did. Oh, well. Okay. He's a great dad. So now it's time for Try This at Home, Elizabeth. Uh, And this week you're up. Yes, I'm excited to present my own Try This at Home, Gretch, and it's Choose an Office TV Show. Oh. Probably not surprising that that comes from me, the TV writer. This isn't just because I want people to watch more TV. Um, I think, you know, in my office, we are all Game of Thrones fans. And I realized that, you know, we come in on Monday morning when Game of Thrones is in season. And everybody's watched it the night before and you make a point of watching it because you know everybody's going to be talking about it. So watch it live. And it's just a great way to start the day to have this sort of fun discussion about what happened and what do you think and what's going to happen next week. 
And it sort of just creates an additional point of connection with, uh, you know, between colleagues. Obviously, us being TV writers, it's a natural thing to talk about, but there's a reason that water cooler moments exist. I think this would be great for any office. But wait, so do you, did you actually say like, hey, guys, we're all going to watch Game of Thrones or it's just this tacit thing where it just turned out that way? It just sort of turned out that way. And then I realized, oh, this is great. And so now we're sort of all making a point to watch another show, but we're kind of hate watching it. So I won't say what show it is. <laughs> um, and yes, That could be very dangerous for you. <laughs> what, are, what are the people on the family hate watching? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But um, I think it is fun to just get together and pick a show, say, hey, everybody, you know, watch Modern Family, whatever it may be, and talk about it the next day. Well, one of the the research shows, and, you know, we talked about this research a lot, is that when you look at people who say they're happy at work, a lot of times it's because they have a lot of really strong relationships at work. And something like this is a way that people who maybe don't have that much in common or that much to say to each other, all of a sudden they have something, they have something that they can be, like, excitedly discussing and, and make this once. And also sometimes in offices, there's there's some people who are just less... Like, you know, they're just not as likely to get involved in conversations. They're maybe more reticent, more reserved. And, and, and so maybe having something like this where they know this is what everybody's going to be talking about and everybody's sort of saying, well, what did you think of this and going around the room? It's a good way for those people to be brought in maybe in a way that feels easy and natural for them if they, if they kind of aren't as participating as much as, you know, in other times as, as maybe would be good. Absolutely. And I know, by the way, your family has a, a family TV show. Yes, we have a family TV show, The Office, the American version. So amazing. Everything in our household can be, you know, we, we, we are dedicated to The Office to a lesser degree, Parks and Rec but, and Friends, but it's mostly The Office. And everything, uh, everything in our lives uh, includes an allusion to The Office. Uh, here's one of our favorite clips. Michael just rented the Devil Wears Prada. He has his Netflix sent here to the office and he watches them in pieces when things are slow. Steak! Where's my steak? He's a big Meryl Streep fan, so I shouldn't be surprised that he's identified with her character. Get me Armani. A suit? On the phone. Like the main company number? Because I'm going to have to call information. Where's Armani? He's on the phone. Too slow. You're not going to Paris. I'm so much better than you. But listen, you know, it also occurs to me that people could have an office podcast. They could. And that way, if people didn't have time to watch TV or they couldn't agree on a TV show, they could, like, on their way to work, even. It could be part of their commute. They could listen to a podcast. And there are so many fabulous podcasts. And then they could all talk about the podcast at work. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a great way to bring people together. Absolutely. I would recommend they listen to Happier, but... You know, cereal is another good option. Yeah, there's so many great ones and more all the time. And so I think this is just a great way. It brings people together. It gives people something in common to talk about. It's sort of lighthearted. It gets you, you're not talking shop. It gives you, it's just a great way for people to feel more connected and more bonded. So let us know if you do try this at home or try this at work um, and how it works for you to pick an office television show or an office podcast or a family television show or podcast. I mean, let us know. Put it on Twitter so that everybody can see um, what you've picked. It'll be fascinating to see what everybody chooses. Um, Again, my family, we pick uh, the, The Office. Highly recommend that. So we're on Twitter. I'm at Gretchen Rubin and Elizabeth is at Elizabeth Craft. 
The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, Elizabeth, now it's time for the question to help you know yourself better. This question was proposed by our wonderful producer, Henry Malofsky. Henry had a cameo in episode 16, and now he's back to talk about the question. At what speed do you prefer to enjoy certain pleasures? Do you savor or spree? Uh, now, I believe that when Henry uh, raised this issue, uh, this fascinating question the first time, he used the term binge. But I think the term binge has a lot of negative negative connotations, and spree is more positive. So today <laughs> we're talking about savoring and spreeing. Um, so Henry, uh, like, tell us how you, you came upon understanding this distinction, how you think about savoring and spreeing when it comes to enjoying a certain pleasure. Um. I've been thinking about this like my whole life. This is always something I've thought about because I've known myself to be <laughs> someone who enjoys things very slowly. But ah. it came to my attention recently because I had a box of Girl Scout cookies in my desk drawer. Ah, wait, what kind? I have to know. <laughs> oh, yeah, they were they were Thin Mints. <laughs> and uh, my boss saw me eating them all the time for months, and she was like, "You buy those so often. Why are you always buying? Th- how are you always buying Thin Mints?" And I, I was like, "No, it's just one box. I just eat them super slowly. Oh, I have like oh, one oh. a day." Oh my gosh! And it made us think of this distinction that some people, if they had a box of Thin Mints, they would just burn through them, and that's how they like to do it. They enjoy it. And other people, like me, um, enjoy eating things very slowly. Like if I get a box of chocolate for my birthday or something, which is something I often get from my mother, I will have chocolates left like on my following birthday. And it's, uh, it's not because I'm worried about like my weight or anything. I really just don't want to finish it. I think that's right. the thing. You don't want to finish it. And then, and, and is that, is it only with like food items, sweets, or is this, is this something that comes up in, in like watching television shows yeah, no, or it's podcasts? Like, it's or? everything. So like Harry Potter, I didn't oh, yeah. want to finish those books. Ah. So I would read them. I would like regiment myself and read uh-huh. them super slowly. Uh-huh. Or I have a friend, this is weird. He is really into fashion and he'll buy clothes that he doesn't want to wear because he doesn't want to get them dirty. Yes. Like, and by the time he decides to wear them, they're out mm. of style. So he'll like never, he has a closet of just unused clothes. Right. Well, Gretchen, is this related to the whole abstainer moderator distinction? Well, you know, when Henry first raised it, I thought it was abstainer moderator, but I think it's actually slightly different because abstainer moderator has to do with how do you resist a strong temptation? And abstainers find it easier to resist if they have none, and moderators find it easier to resist when they have a little bit or something or sometimes. So a lot of times they will do something like eat one square of fine chocolate. But I don't think Henry is resisting a strong temptation. Like he's not deeply tempted by the thin mints. It's more like he wants to eke out the enjoyment. So I think savoring and spraying is more like how do you 
prefer to enjoy things. Like with a television show, uh, my husband Jamie won't let us watch more than one episode at a time, even Ah. if it's something that, you know, we have nine seasons that we could be watching. (laughs) He will only allow one episode at a time. So he's definitely in the savoring camp. How about you, Elizabeth? What are you? When it comes to TV, I'm, I spree for uh, sure, TV and podcast both. I will sit down and I will watch, or if it's a podcast, listen to as many episodes in a day as I can, which I think is great on the one hand because I, uh, I love sort of that immersive experience. Yeah. But like when I finish a season of House of Cards, I have no idea what happened in what episode, <laughs> and it's sort of all a blur. <laughs> So in that sense, I, I think it, it's not as good of an experience, but while I'm doing it, it feels really good. Yeah. Well, while you're doing it, it feels good. But what about like when you're done, besides not remembering plot points, do you, are you glad you spreed through it or do you wish you had slowed down? Because that's a feeling I almost fear, is you, wishing I had slowed you down. You don't like the finishing. Yeah. You, you fear the, the being done and no more. Yeah, I mean, I often I view it as like an accomplishment, like, okay, I finished Transparent in two days, you know, rubber stamp that, it's done. Well, that's interesting because with podcasts, people talk about being completists, like wanting to feel like you've you've completed the whole set of something. And it sounds like that's how you feel, like it's, you feel it, it isn't like an accomplishment to get done with it. It is. And um, I guess I would have that same sense of accomplishment if I savored, but it would take a lot longer to get to it. Well, here's one thing that the research shows is uh, the studies do suggest that if you interrupt a pleasant experience with something less pleasant, it can intensify your pleasure. So weirdly, commercials actually make television watching more fun. And part of the fun of something like Harry Potter like that you mentioned, um, it, certainly in my case, is the anticipation and thinking like, what's going to happen next? And I know that an important character is, is going to die. J.K. Rowling said so, but who's it going to be? And by stretching it out, you kind of eke out more pleasure overall because you have all that, those periods in between. And I do think you remember it better because you're sort of pondering it in between and anticipating what's going to happen. But And here's another drawback, though I do love a good spree myself. Um, Elizabeth, do you ever feel that it crowds out other activities that you wish you were doing? Like you're so busy with House of Cards that then there's something else that doesn't get done? Yeah, I do think that can happen. It can almost be like, uh, especially when you talk about, you know, binge watching TV, it can almost be like a drug where it's like, you know, to the detriment of all else in my life, um, especially sleep, I will engage in this activity. Um, so I think it can crowd crowd out other things. I think what's great is when, like with a couple, if they're both on board for binging something and they say, okay, we're just setting aside Saturday and Sunday for this, <laughs> and it almost becomes its own event, uh, I think that's great. I think, yes, though, so when you are on your own with your, you know, your computer and your headphones and you're just in your own zone, it, it can be a negative. But but so Henry, you like you sound like your hardcore saver. Is there anything that you spree with, or like any any example where like you sat down and watched all Godfather movies back to back or okay. something? Like that? Yeah, there's one thing I I spreed with, and that is The Sopranos, which oh. I recommend to everyone. But my other thing is I'm not looking down on sprees. I no, actually no, no. I envy them a little bit because sometimes. As I said, with like chocolate or something, like things go bad. Right. Like my friend's clothes. Yes. It's almost a problem. Mm-hmm. So what was it? What was it about the Sopranos or the situation? Why Why in that case did you spree? 
I think it had a lot to do with where I was in my life. I was, <laughs> I had just graduated college and moved to Los Angeles. Unemployed. Yeah, and I didn't have many friends out there. And yeah. so Tony was my best friend for like, like a month. Right. This is a really interesting distinction. As I said, it, it feels tied to abstainer moderator, but it's really distinct from, Henry convinced me, it's distinct from, from abstainer moderator. So Henry, thank you very much for making another uh, cameo on the podcast and for introducing such an interesting distinction um, to help everybody know themselves better. Well, thank Thank you, Gretchen. Bye, Henry. Thanks, Liz. So get in touch with us. Let us know. Do you prefer to savor or to spree? What do you savor? What do you spree? Twitter, Facebook, post a comment on my website, GretchenRubin.com. Let us know. uh, Did this help you know yourself better? Gretchen, this week's question comes from Roisin. She emailed us. I've recently started listening to your podcast in the UK while I'm driving around the country for my job. I've been trying to build healthier habits, but I've had such difficulty as I'm staying in hotels and away from home so much. So my question is, what would be your advice to build effective habits while traveling a lot? Well, this is a great question, Gretchen, because I know for myself, when I travel, everything goes out the window. Like the second I get to the airport, I'm looking for the nearest McDonald's uh, because now I'm traveling and I can, you know, do whatever I want. So I, I, I would love to hear what you have to say to Roisin. Well, I think that for many of us, the reason that travel poses such a challenge to effective habits is because of loopholes. Because you have your habits that you're working on during your daily life, but traveling creates this new situation, and this is when people use loopholes. So now a loophole is when we come up with a justification for why we should let ourselves off the hook. So it's not that we're mindfully making an exception, which we can always do with our good habits because we're grown-ups. We can do what we want. But this is like, oh, at the spur of the moment, I just thought of something. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm off the hook. I don't have to keep my good habit, right? Because there's this loophole. Yes. I mean, I think traveling is loophole central, right? Absolutely. So there's a couple loopholes that seem to be particularly uh, invoked when people are in a travel situation. So I would just say to Rasheen and to everyone, pay attention to your own mind when you're traveling and fight these loopholes as they're coming through your mind and trying to derail your good habits. The first is the this doesn't count loophole. Because a lot of people are like, oh, I can eat whatever I want. This doesn't count. I'm on vacation. Or this doesn't count. You know, I'm away from home. Part of it is that you feel like you're not being monitored. There's an anonymity to travel that makes people Mm. feel off the hook. But also people have this idea like, oh, well, I'm just off the grid. But the fact is nothing stays in Vegas. Everything counts. So you want to fight the this doesn't count loophole. Okay. And what's another loophole? Okay. Another common loophole is the lack of control loophole. So this is when you think, well, I, I, I'm, a, I'm away from my own kitchen. I can't cook my own food. I have no control here. Or, oh, you know, I'm traveling for business and therefore I have no control of my time. I can't possibly get to the gym. Now, it's true that you maybe have less control that you have at some times, but we often have more control than we think. And so you really want to stop and say to yourself, okay, I can't control everything. What can I control? And what am I going to do with the things that are in my control? Um, But I think one of the loopholes that that I think is the funniest loophole that gets invoked when people are traveling is the planning to fail loophole. And this is this tendency that we have to make a bunch of decisions which 
although they seem kind of innocuous on their own, they are carefully calculated to get us to a place where we feel like we couldn't possibly be expected to stick to our good habits. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, who could possibly expect me to? And like a place where I see this at work often when I'm traveling is the breakfast buffet. Uh Okay, so you're staying at a hotel. They have this insane breakfast buffet with like a million different kinds of food. And uh, take as much as you want, as many times as you want, or you can order off the menu. Now, the fact is, well, research shows that when people have a wide variety from which to choose, they eat more. And also portion control, like there is, you know, you can take as much as you want. And people just tend to eat. And then there's also this idea of like, oh, I want to get my money's worth. So if I eat a lot, um, that's going to be of good value. And so I think some people... You know, they say, well, I want to keep my good habits while I'm traveling, but then they wander into the buffet. They're setting them up themselves up for failure because there's so many temptations. There's so many things that can be not supporting a good, healthy habit. So, like, one of the things, one of my rules for myself, because I have a lot of bright line rules, is I always order off the menu. Because, you know, they're going to serve you scrambled eggs and bacon. There's only, only so much scrambled eggs and bacon right. you're going to get. If you go to the buffet, you can get so much more without even really realizing what a difference it was. So that's the planning, that, that's planning to fail, setting yourself up for failure. Well, you know, as you're talking, one thing that occurs to me that might work for Roisin is, let's say she's got a three-day business trip. What if she keeps her good habits for the first two days, but, you know, plans to let herself off the hook on the third day? So the third morning, she'll do the breakfast buffet. Or the third evening, she'll let herself stay up late watching, you know, movies on the hotel TV um, and not get as much sleep, you know, so that it's like, I guess that is planning to fail, but at least it's controlled failure. Right. No, it's like it's like setting up a safeguard, thinking about it's kind of a controlled uh, break from your usual habits. Now, I got to say something like that would not work for me personally, uh, but it sounds like something that could work for other people and like works for you. So that's something for her to think about. So good luck, Roisin, and let us know how it goes. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Elizabeth, demerit. Gretchen, I have a, a hardcore happiness demerit this week. Um, and it's uh, about friendship. You know, Jack recently graduated from preschool And he had such a great class. Every single kid and every single parent were just great people. And I'm really regretting that I didn't spend more time 
really becoming better friends with a lot of the parents. Uh, it's not that I didn't like them because I thought they were terrific. Um, and people even made some overtures to me. But for some reason, I think I felt a little bit shy about uh, reaching out to people and really mm. getting to know them better. Yeah. Um, and now it's, now I wish, I think, oh, now we're all sort of dispersing and going our own ways for kindergarten. And that opportunity sort of slipped through my fingers. It's not likely that I'm going to become better friends with them now that our kids no longer go to school together. And, you know, it's not that we, I'm not friendly with people. It's just not friends enough to say, you know, go on a weekend camping trip together or something like that. And I wish that I had made those relationships. Well, wait, can I just say, I don't picture you going on a weekend camping trip with anybody. Okay, maybe not but, that. Okay, but well, like, that's my fantasy self. My fantasy self does that. Going, going to a movie uh, with another couple or with a friend or something. But do you feel like there were people who like really could have been friends like that? Like there were people who, who, who wanted to? Well, there were several people that I certainly liked enough for that. And I remember one instance, uh, one of the moms, I had gone to Budapest to do this uh, shoot a pilot. And when I got back, because I had been gone for several weeks, when I got back, she said, oh, I would love to go to coffee and just hear about going to Budapest. It sounds so interesting. Yeah. And I said, oh, yeah, that'd be great. But I never followed up on it. I think uh -huh. like I thought, oh, she doesn't really want to. She was just saying that to be nice. But she probably did want to, and we probably would have had a great time, and it could have led to you know a deeper friendship, just something simple like going out for coffee, as we've discussed. So I want to now take the opportunity, now that Jack's going to be in kindergarten and we're meeting a whole new group of people, to really pursue those friendships um, hopefully make you know friends with people that'll you know friendships that'll last forever. Right. Well, so can I tell you something that I have experienced the exact same thing, exact same behavior, exact same regret. So can I tell you what I what I try to do? Please, please. So I have a this sounds ridiculous uh, and kind of cold hearted, but I actually have uh, a number that I try to hit. And when I come into a new situation, I try to make three friends. And I don't know why, but it, saying I want to make three friends changes my perspective. And instead of just sort of having this kind of uh, laid back, like, who's, yeah, these people seem nice. It, like, forces me to really identify the people that I think I could really be friends with and really to try to have a special connection with them. Like, are you going to be one of my three friends? Uh -huh. And it, it sort of jumpstarts that that feeling of trying to make a friend. And so now whenever I'm in a new circumstance where I'm meeting a bunch of new people, I'm always thinking, who are who could be my three new friends? All right, I'm going to do that in a year from now. I'm, I'll report back on my three new friends. Yes, starting in September. So now I want to give a gold star to my husband, Jamie. Now, I mean, Elizabeth, you know Jamie well. Yes. I wouldn't say that he's reserved or aloof or formal. Those words are all too strong. Uh, I'm trying to think of the right word to characterize him. He's just... Composed composed. Yeah. If, if you met him, you would not think that he was a gushy person. I mean, he just seems pretty, pretty reserved. But in fact, he is the biggest lovey-dovey of all time. He is oh. just the super most kissy, huggy, romantic comedy kind of guy. And it's so great. You know, you and I, we, in our household, um, there wasn't a lot of like, you know, 
open demonstrations of affection, which actually didn't matter because it was, it was so, very Midwestern, very Midwestern. And it was like the unconditional love was so obvious that it didn't matter. But so I'm not sure I was very attuned to it. But I have to say it is really great to be married to somebody who's like tells you that it says, I love you many times a day. He says that to me. He says that to my daughters. He like for the uh, for my books, The Happiness Project and Happier at Home, I tried different things like giving warm greetings and farewells whenever anybody came in or out of the apartment and kissing in the morning, kissing at night. And while Jamie is not usually so enthusiastic about getting swept up into my mm-hmm. projects, these he was right on board, mm-hmm. you know, like right on board with that stuff. And it's really nice. And it I just feel like his that that aspect of his personality really contributes to kind of a tender, affectionate atmosphere in our household. And I'm not sure I would have realized how great it would be if he had not been the person to uh, introduce it. And so gold star to Jamie. Yeah, gold star to Jamie for being a big mushball. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home or at work. Figure out an office TV show. Let us know if you tried it and if it works for you. And what show did you pick? Thanks to our producer, Henry Malofsky. Also, thanks to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers from Panoply. Now, we have a very cool new feature. If you would like to sign up for my monthly newsletter, where I have highlights from my blog and from my Facebook page and from the podcast, there's a very easy way for you to sign up for it. Text me, and the number is 66866, and in the message box, enter the word HAPPIER, and you'll instantly get a text back that asks you to enter your email address. And if you put in your email address and send it to me, you'll get a confirmation and you'll be signed up for my monthly newsletter. And that's free. I hope you enjoy it. So again, that's 66866, and just enter the word HAPPIER. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. This podcast is part of the Panoply Network. Check out our entire roster of podcasts at iTunes.com slash Panoply. Do I need to be liked? Absolutely not. I like to be liked. I enjoy being liked. I have to be liked. But it's not like this compulsive need to be liked, like my need to be praised. Grutch, I know from my own experience that baby making is not always simple. There is a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And when you want to conceive, there can be a lack of understanding and resources. Frida Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from reproductive health to uh, ovulation tracking to conception aid. Frida is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. Frida products are innovative, easy to use, and accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. This is baby making simplified. Find Frida Fertility on Amazon, at Target, and select CVS stores near you. That's Frida Fertility, F-R-I-D-A, Frida Fertility.